Hey, it's Larry. Uh, Thanks for listening. Happy New Year. Real quick, before we get into this episode, I had such an amazing, eye-opening, life-changing experience at the World Parkinson Congress in Kyoto that I want others to have that opportunity, too. So Becca Miller and I and 24 of our PD community friends have launched a year-long WPC Travel Grant Fundraiser. We're each doing a two-week Facebook fundraiser. Mine's underway right now because my birthday's January 9th. All the money raised will be used to help offset travel costs so more people with young-onset Parkinson's can attend the next WPC in Barcelona in 2022. You can search out details on the When Life Gives You Parkinson's Facebook page or donate directly to the WPC website. Go to wpc2022.org slash yopdfund. If you or your business would like to supply matching funds... Hey, good on you. Email me at parkinsonspot at curiouscast.ca. And now, on with the show. It's time for another extra dosage episode of When Life Gives You Parkinson's. Hi, I'm Larry Gifford. And I'm Nikki Reitmeyer. Extra dosage episodes are the in-between bits, special bonus content to get you through until the next full episode. Every year, our presenting partner, Parkinson Canada, holds a series of 2K, 5K, and 10K walks around Canada called Parkinson's Superwalk. And my family's done it the last two years, Nikki. Uh, I've been the MC of the Vancouver Walk both years. You go to a lot of fundraisers. You know, I do. And I find that it's really important. You know, these funds are the lifeblood of nonprofits. And Parkinson's gets just a fraction of those federal dollars, those those rich federal dollars uh, that other, even less prevalent diseases get a lot more of. So these these dollars, the ones that we raise, knocking on doors and whatnot, are, are critical for research, support services, education, and ultimately it drives awareness. So tell us about Superwalk. How is it different than the other fundraisers that you go to? Well, you know, it's, it's you know, sometimes there's auctions or sometimes there's big dinners or galas or, you know, everybody does something different. You know, you can right. sell candy bars. This is about walking, which in the first time I heard about the Superwalk, it was right after I was diagnosed. And, you know, my big problem is my gait. Mm. And I thought, well, how cruel is this? <laughs> walking for Parkinson's. I can barely walk for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this was before I understood the value of the exercise and 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 before I, I understood that the you know it really brings the community together and it's it is a fun event it's our second year fielding a team last year's team was just Rebecca Henry and me mm. uh, this year we had uh, 12 people wow that's we, awesome and we called it the when life gives you Parkinson's team that's awesome and for the first time Henry my 10 year old uh, decided he wanted to raise some money so we went door to door in the neighborhood and he uh he asked for donations, and so we put on our Superwalk t-shirts and our hats. Do you want a Parkinson's Superwalk hat? I don't have one. You can use mine. Maybe you just need to tighten it. Okay. You close the door, and we're going to And uh, with Mom, we practiced what we were going to say. Hi, Henry. Hi. We're going to put a Parkinson's Superwalk. Do you want to give some money? Oh, you're looking for donations? Well, I don't know that much about the organizations. There's something I can look. Oh, okay. So, so at this point, Henry hands over a slip of paper with details of what Parkinson Superwalk is and how to donate online if they don't have cash that day. Excellent. <laughs> okay. Oh, you ready? Where are we going first? <laughs> I love how the trial run went. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's right, sketchy, but we'll, right. we'll, we'll work on it as we go. Okay. 
so first door we went to, Henry was a bit nervous, but there was no need to be nervous because there was nobody home. <laughs> but you know what? You just keep going door to door. So we went to the next house, and hey, we were in luck. Hello, hello. Hi. How are Hi. you? Hi, neighbors. How are you? Pretty good. Good. We're doing for Parkinson's uh, Super Walk. Uh huh. And donations. Do donations. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. What? Are you, what's the super walk? I mean, it, I know it has the word super and walk in it. Yeah. So we're uh, we're gonna do a two k walk, Henry and I, mm-hmm. and uh, to raise money for Parkinson's. And my mom's gonna do a five k. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's quite some mileage. Yes. Yeah. I think I have some change rummaging around. That'd be great. Thank mm-hmm. you. Take any Just amount. One set. Awesome. All right. Well, good take, luck. Take care, guys. Bye. And then we got luckier and luckier and luckier. My name's Henry, and I'm doing for the Parkinson's Super Walk. I'll put in $10. How's that? That'd sure. be great. Thank just you. Sure. Okay. Just one moment. Thank you. <laughs> just going house by house. $3 and change. That is perfect. Thank you. Okay. How's it feel to ask for money? Awesome. In all, we, we knocked on about... 15 doors, and about half of them gave something. You know, it's uh, it's tough to say no when someone is standing there with a cute kid going, hi, can we have some money for the Parkinson's Super Walk? I mean, how does anybody say no to that? Right? You know, And, and by the end, he was going up on his own. I wasn't even going with him. He was just like, I got it, Dad. I got it. And I'm like, Aww. okay, great. <laughs> He's just preparing himself for trick-or-treating season is all. He is, yeah. yes. <laughs> this is practice for trick-or-treating. Yeah, I don't think he's going to make as much money on trick-or-treat, but... <laughs> Um, but uh, I think what it really did was really instill a sense of pride in him that he was able to take part in this. So on the day of the Superwalk, Nikki, in Vancouver, is over at Stanley Park. Beautiful, except it was raining. Yeah, surprise, surprise, in the city of Vancouver. Yeah. So I tracked down a friend of the pod, Andrew Davenport. You'll remember he's the chairman of the board for Parkinson's Society of British Columbia. And we last chatted to him in Kyoto right. on day three of the podcast of the World Parkinson Congress. I, I wanted to find out from Andrew just how important this walk is. I think, it, you know, for the society, it's the largest fundraising event of, of the year right across Canada. And in B.C., we have 25 locations and, and uh, there's walks right across B.C. to raise awareness, to raise additional funding for advocacy, for research, for support, for education. And so it all goes to a great cause. Well, I know the... Uh Parkinson Society was the first number I called when I got diagnosed and uh, been really supportive of, of my journey uh, every step of the way. And so that's why I'm here, to give back to that. What motivates all these other good folks? I, you know, I think I think it really goes that people, there are a lot of people who are touched by people with Parkinson's. Um, you know, I myself, my father had Parkinson's. And, uh, and you know, it's, it's, it's to, to recognize that, that people with Parkinson are, are not alone. There's, you know, there's a huge support group out there. Yeah, I find that uh, this isn't just about raising money, though. Like, uh, when you get all no. these people out here today, what, what does this do for people? 
it's a motivator. There's a lot of feel good associated with this this initiative. And yeah, I find that uh, this can be a really lonely disease. And when you get out here amongst 350 other people, yeah, and you look at people and you talk to people and you see that you know we're going through the same battle. Yeah, there, there's a, there's some comfort in knowing that you're not alone. And, you know that effectively is the motto of uh, Parkinson Society of British Columbia: is that you are not alone. Now there are people here, Nikki, of all stages of the disease progression. And you know, I went over and I chatted with as many as I can. Marcia here is 68 years old, and she's had Parkinson's seven years. I have my ups and downs. Some days are good, some days not so good. And what are your main symptoms? I have problems with freezing. Usually it happens when you're going through a doorway or when you're coming to just about reach your destination and you have to do something, and suddenly your feet stop moving, and you have to sort of stand up straight, think about it, and then take a step. Otherwise, you, if you keep going, your feet won't move. Okay, so that happens to me going through the airport security. Not surprised. Oh boy, it's so hard. My, yeah, my legs then, start to tremble. And then your legs start to, start to yeah. go. And uh, you can't move one and you can't move the other. And they look at me like, well, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and it's very distressing. It is. Yeah. So, so uh, why are you here at the Superwalk? Oh, to support Parkinson's. What, is, what does this group mean to you? Oh, they've been great. I mean, they've been a, they've been a really good support for, for getting information about what's going on in the community and for providing activities for us and educational opportunities. One of the things that was really good was the HOPE workshop the, that they brought to Richmond. Davis Finney HOPE. Um, anyway, they had a lot of speakers and a lot of booths and just a really, really positive environment. And what, is, what, what role does HOPE play in your journey? Hope is it is critical. If you don't have hope, you got nothing. And I certainly find I have my moments when hope sort of wanders away for a little bit, and then it comes back again. And it can happen throughout a single day or a single hour. That's interesting what she was saying about freezing. I never really thought of that as being a symptom before. I never really knew about that. Well, yeah, especially uh, it happens to people when they have to make an abrupt turn or um, if you are trying to go through a narrow doorway. It's really, it's for whatever reason, your brain can't make it happen. And so like when I go through a security, um, like metal detector at the airport, I, I have a really hard time putting one foot in front of the other. And they try to pull me through, and that's the wrong thing to do uh, because I just need to rebalance on both feet and then take a step forward. I, you just sort of have to allow it to happen. You have to let it flow. It is situations where your nervous make it worse. For example, airport security. Well, I, there's no reason for me to be nervous. It, it, hey, I'm not going to pry into you know, your personal <laughs> It's just narrow, and I'm big, and so you don't want to touch the sides, and you know, there's, there are people with badges and guns nearby. Sure, so, yeah. Yeah, you know, and uh, I'm not carrying my marijuana with me, I promise. <laughs> I wasn't going to ask. I wasn't going to ask. <laughs> uh, once uh, everybody was registered for the walk and got his or her T-shirt and a cup of coffee, it was showtime. So I got up on stage, and I said a few words. Hello, and uh, welcome to the Superwalk 2019. You are all brave souls for being here. Today, it is required that you bring your own sunshine. Who's got it? And, you know, so everybody brings their own sunshine. Yeah. Yeah. And and, uh, then I introduce Andrew. So today, there's around 20 walks across British Columbia going on, and in total, there's... There's 26 with a couple of virtual walks. 
Your support here today helps us continue to offer life-changing programs and services for those people with Parkinson's. Andrew said a few things that got me a little bit off script. Uh, two things I want to point out that Andrew said. October 26th is an important date. That's the provincial meeting. I hope everybody can make it out there. It's going to be a great day of education and learning and camaraderie and, and getting together again. Anytime we can all get together, it's great. The other thing is, I didn't realize there was virtual walks. No one told me there was a virtual walk. <laughs> if I could have virtually yeah. walked, Nikki, I would have. I swear to God. Uh, we we uh, then do some warm-ups with the crowd. Okay, and then get the quads going a little bit. Get behind you, touch the heel. Stretching out, move your legs. Oh, yeah, oh, getting yeah. ready. There we go. We're going to dance in a little bit here. Ooh, yeah, twist and turn. Uh, and then I give uh, final instructions. The 10K route will be along the seawall. You will not cross the Lionsgate Bridge for the run. And we're off. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't go over the Lionsgate. You've gone the wrong way if you've gone <laughs> over the bridge. <laughs> this is why I don't do the 10K. Yeah. If you have to tell people that it's too confusing. Dad, we need to get going. Okay, I, get, I need to get going. Okay. I'll catch up with you later. Yeah. Henry and I opted for the 2K, uh, while the other 10 members of the When Life Gives You Parkinson's team went for the 5K. I had duties, and I don't like to walk. So, <laughs> But it's always nice to approach a finish line when there's a group of people cheering you on as you go through the tunnel and past the finish line banner. It's, 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 it feels, makes you feel good. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So while uh, Henry and I waited for the 5 and 10K walkers and runners, I caught up with Carolyn Wiggins, who is the Education and Support Services Senior Coordinator at the Parkinson Society of British Columbia. She also is the leader of my support group, so we know each other pretty well. It's going well. How are you, how are you finding it? It's, this is better than last year, I think. Oh, good. Bigger turnout, I think. I think so. I think that because it was raining so heavily and now that the rain has lightened up, people are, are more uplifted by that. So why is this day important? This day is very important because without this day, this day is our largest fundraiser of the year, and without this day, we would not be able to offer the services throughout the province that we do. Is this a good turnout from your perspective? Yes, it is a good turnout. Honestly, my favorite part is seeing people that I see out in the community, but now this time I see them with all their families and their friends, and it just becomes a much larger community event. And, and Nikki, so the rain had let up during the walk, but when everybody got back, it just started pouring down rain. Oh, isn't that always the case? Uh, but uh, in the end, everyone had a great time, and a lot of money and, and much-needed awareness was raised. Excellent. To get a broader perspective and to add some context to Superwalk, I talked to John Collins. He's the Associate Director of Events and Partnerships for Parkinson Canada. And I asked John, how did all this get started? Yeah, so this walk started in 1990 um, here in Toronto, uh, walking up Young Street. There was a small group of volunteers. They called it Superwalk because it was of some distance at that time, walking from the base of Young Street uh, to our then office in North, North York. And we've now got uh, 80 sites participating across the country and 10,000 participants. So uh, it's come a long way in nearly 30 years. Wow, 10,000 people. So when you think about 10,000 people coming out to walk in support of Parkinson's and Parkinson Canada, uh, how does that make you feel? Uh, that's a great question. It makes me feel fantastic. Um, as much as the fundraising, fundraising is important, and we can talk about all the good work that that fuels, you know, what I love most is connecting those 10,000 people with one another, 
giving them a forum um, to come together around Parkinson's. When people donate their money to Parkinson Canada, where does it go? Well, when people support the walk, uh, they're kind of fueling the four pillars of our organization. Research that ultimately will find a cure and improved quality of life uh, in the interim, but also on, on being there while those researchers are looking for a cure. So in addition to funding the Parkinson Canada Research Program, uh, funds efforts in support, and that takes the face of uh, an information referral line accessible to anyone anywhere in Canada, but also very local and tangible services in communities of education, and again, similarly, that's uh, high-quality education programs, materials, resources that are available for folks uh, who may have any variety of questions about, uh, about their diagnosis or about stages of Parkinson's, um, and an advocacy effort that's nationwide in scope, um, provincial matters, and even municipal is relevant. Do you feel like that the, you're getting enough support, or is there never enough support? Well, I feel like we've had a lot of success this year. We have a nationwide goal of $2.4 million, and all indications are so far that we're, we're planning to meet and exceed that, which is exciting for us, and we're grateful for the support of the Parkinson community. But the reality is, you know, with 25 Canadians diagnosed every day, with our population aging, with Parkinson's projected to double by 2031, we're anticipating growing needs. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, in, in working with Parkinson Canada and with Michael J. Fox Foundation and with Spotlight YOPD and with Cure Parkinson's Trust and all these great organizations around the world, you're all trying to raise all this money and and you have a ton of people behind you trying to trying to help propel that. Uh, what what is it about Parkinson's that it's just not getting the same kind of attention that some of the other diseases get? That's an interesting question, and you know, I think I think we do so very well with people who understand Parkinson's as a priority. That's people who live with Parkinson's, as people who are close to them, and who, people who, who really care about the people with Parkinson's in their lives and perhaps have seen them struggle and also seen them succeed with their diagnosis. So, you know, that audience, and, and we see it through Superwalk, is so supportive of each other and of organizations that you mentioned that are out there, you know, wanting to make life better for them and, again, ultimately find a cure. Uh, you know, the challenge is, um, is in that broader relevance, but uh, what's most important to us is just making sure that that Parkinson community is engaged, that they're feeling supported, and that they believe in, in the work that we're doing as an organization, and again, the work that all those organizations are doing. Yeah, and how important are the people in, in, in really fueling these nonprofit organizations? Well, particularly when you think uh, of an event like Superwalk, of course, we're all just, we're publicly, there's no government funding. We all rely on individual donations for this, and they're critical then in driving our mission, and, and particularly as it relates to Superwalk, you know, as a, as a peer-to-peer fundraiser who relies on uh, finding people like yourself who, again, believe in participating and coming out to our walks and who are comfortable asking their networks to support a cause that matters to them. Uh, the people drive this whole thing. We, we provide the facility for them to do that. We, we try to find our fundraisers as best we can, but it really is uh, those registered and engaged walkers who are out there promoting the organization, talking passionately about a cause that they care about that drive our fundraising success and that ultimately do help grow awareness of, of Parkinson's as a priority within their networks and beyond as well. You're changing sort of the, the, the branding around Parkinson Canada to be more about perseverance. Tell me about that. Yeah, so our creative theme for Superwalk this year was with three, three simple words called no matter what. And for us, that was focusing on the resilience, the perseverance, the strength of spirit that we've come to know within our Parkinson community. And it was really special this year to get that message out there to people 
uh, on our T-shirts, uh, in a video campaign, and then on Walk Weekend with an agenda that really focused on all the different types of people who are impacted by Parkinson's, their own resilience, their own capacity to, to come together, show mutual support, and to not let a diagnosis or dealing with Parkinson's get in the way of uh, living fulfilling lives and living their best and supporting one another. And uh, it was just great to be able to showcase it with, with some pride and hopefully give some pride to uh, the people with Parkinson's walking among us uh, with that as a message as well. And Larry, I love that this season, we're also asking people to lend their voices to the podcast. Leave a voicemail message online at speakpipe.com slash when life gives you Parkinson's. Cindy and Saul have comments from episode one. Still me, but not the same. Hello, Larry. This is Cindy Bitker. I have had Parkinson's for 15 years. I listen to your podcast regarding your 2 p.m. fatigue. Um... I used to have that if it's and I'll tell you what I learned if that fatigue happens anywhere between 45 minutes or an hour and 15 minutes after you take your cinnamon it's probably related to that if you have a heavy meal or lunch anytime in that vicinity that's also related and if you're you're zoned out and you'll never wake up for days and then you wake up after 20 minutes and are totally refreshed that is also probably related to how you're taking your cinnamon. Moods fluctuate a lot when our medicines are off, and mood fluctuations are not depression. Depression is treated with antidepressants. Mood depression and mood fluctuations are treated by trying to stabilize levodopa. So, Cristiano, I had Parkinson's for maybe about 20 years. Doing pretty well, I guess, but uh, I had problems believing that I had Parkinson's. I had problems in taking the pills. I wanted to always think I didn't have, I wasn't a, a handicap, handicap in my life, but I, all, the, all the above were true, just like in the podcast. One thing I like to do, what I'm planning to do next year, I got a group of friends of mine that are going to actually uh, help me pedal from Montreal to the, the Atlantic Ocean, the, the end of Canada, and I would... Don't know how to do it, but I'm trying to plan it. So I would like to have people that can join us if they can. This listener texted to my voicemail regarding Cinemet from episode two, Slave to a Pill. Isaac saw your interview on the morning show on Global the other day, and you really articulated the problem with the medicine. It's, it doesn't work the way it is. Previously, I had a huge note on my file that I wasn't to be given the generic drug, and now we can't get the other... So it's a huge adjustment for me, and you had to I suppose I never met you before, so I couldn't tell the change. My girls sure notice a difference, are people to understand, why we suddenly crash, and why we don't need to dopamine in our own bodies just the brain, but when a cheap boat in the ingredients, me there ought to be a law it shouldn't be about the money what dreaming world do I live. You can leave your message at speakpipe.com slash when life gives you Parkinson's. And that's your extra dosage. Yes, coming up on the next episode of When Life Gives You Parkinson's. What are your top hacks? What are things that people need to know? Get a good bed. We made a huge decision to invest in a bed that would have the minimal motion transfer. Mm. And it was just a way to respect the fact that something was changing. We didn't know what it was at the time, but we needed to deal with it. I don't sleep very well at all. 
starting to disrupt my sleep a little bit. But more than that, I'm disrupting your sleep because you sleep super, super late. Right. And I'm talking I'm, more in my sleep and I'm moving around more. And... So this is, and we're, we're thinking more about our bed space and our private space and how we're kind of protecting our relationship and, and our sense of privacy and intimacy. Okay. Hello. Who needs a bed? Oh, well, we were looking at a bed. Yeah. Yeah. Do you like a coil one? Do you like a foam? Well, so we're, we're going to get uh, uh, single beds yeah, yeah. next for to each other. No, for me, for us. For you? Okay. I've got Parkinson's, and so, oh, okay. so I move around a lot. And, yeah, yeah so. Larry and I have noticed that um, our f relationship in general has become less physical. Well, this is new for you, Parkinson's disease, and, and it's different for every patient. And, you know, you have a, a need to be close. You have sexual desire. Your body is changing. It is most of the time uncomfortable in some way for you to be in your body. So I am just kind of backing off. See, and, and all along, I was thinking I'm becoming less attractive and less desirable because I'm sick. The definition of a sexless marriage, generally speaking, is sex less than 10 times a year. So you were oh, in wow. a sexless marriage. You yeah. might theoretically still be in one, having only had it once recently. Yeah. You know, I take a page out of Nike's book. Just do it. When Life Gives You Parkinson's is a Curious Cast podcast. Our presenting partner is Parkinson Canada, parkinson.ca. If you'd like to help spread the word, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free, of course, to this podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere you get your streaming audio. You can also listen at CuriousCast.ca. Please engage with us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Just look up at Parkinson's Pod or email Pod at CuriousCast.ca. And Larry, I love that this season, we're also asking people to lend their voices to the podcast. Leave a voicemail message online at speakpipe.com slash when life gives you Parkinson's. And be sure to check out the show notes for more information about what you heard today. When Life Gives You Parkinson's is written and hosted by me, Larry Gifford, and Nikki Reitmeyer. Dila Velazquez is our story producer and sound designed by Rob Johnston. Keep positive. Keep exercising. And keep listening. We'll talk to you next time. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.